Welcome to Clin Farm Pod. I'm Elena Webster, Deputy Managing Editor for the ASCPT Family of Journals. My guest today is Dr. Jonathan French, Fellow at Medrim Research Group and Associate Editor of CPT Pharmacometrics and Systems Pharmacology. Excited to have you on the podcast, Jonathan. Hey, Elena. It's great to be here. We're going to be diving into how to organize your review comments, but to kick things off, I'd like to ask you the standard question for this series. How do you think peer review contributes to sound science, and why is it so important to the success of not only ASCPT's journals, but scholarly and scientific journals in general? You know, I think peer review is really fundamental to science in general. Um, I really think there's kind of two major components that it delivers or helps out with. I think of it partly as a screening process. It kind of helps ensure that original research is actually original and that the work is correct in some sense, and that it you know, provides some assessment of the significance of the work in the context of what's been done previously. I think the second component of peer review that's really important is it can help us improve the quality of our scientific writing. I know when I'm an author for a paper, I appreciate getting back comments that are help me improve the clarity of what I'm trying to express. And, uh, and I really appreciate when I'm as an associate editor, when uh, reviewers provide some of those kinds of feedback. So you've been on both ends of peer review, uh, writing reviews and also reading them as an associate editor and an author. What's your preferred structure for feedback? I guess I really like to get reviews that are kind of organized into three sections. I like when they come in with sort of a brief synopsis of the work and its significance in the, um, in the field and how it relates to what's already been published. Uh, and then a section that kind of has any really major comments or issues that the, that the reviewer wants to raise. And then another chunk that has sort of minor or, or very specific comments around maybe fixing a typo here and there. I think that structure helps me as an associate editor understand what issues the referee thought really are important to be addressed if they're recommending a revision or why they might be recommending a manuscript to be rejected. And it helps the authors understand what are the things that they really need to address in their revision to get the paper published. I really like the short synopsis at the beginning. I usually read the papers myself as an AE, um, but I think it's good so that the referee and uh, the associate editor and the author can kind of know where each other are coming from. Do they understand what the key message is? It also is a place that a reviewer can put in any context around the originality of the research. As an AE, I like that structure because it helps me if I get conflicting reviews from two different reviewers, it gives me more context to help uh, make an assessment. I think those are really good points. I especially like the way you were talking about using your synopsis and maybe what the author provided in the abstract and then the brief synopsis of a reviewer to kind of figure out if everybody's reading the paper the same way. You've seen a lot of reviews, I'm sure. Um, is there anything you've seen certain reviewers do that you wish more reviewers did? So one of those is that summary of the kind of the key messages at the beginning of a review to understand whether the referee interpreted the key messages in the same way that the authors intended them to be interpreted. I think another thing that is often helpful is as an associate editor is when reviewers can emphasize to some extent whether their feedback is more like personal preference or if it's addressing something that's really fundamentally wrong. So, you know, re referee might, for example, give comment uh, back on a, on a figure in a manuscript. And they might talk about reorganizing the figure to clarify the message that's in the figure, or they might just say, you know, I really don't like this color scheme, change it because it's, you know, it's kind of too garish. I get it if you want to change the color scheme to help somebody who's maybe vision impaired or something like that, that's an important change. But sometimes, I don't know, minor personal preference comments are, uh, can be useful, but maybe aren't fundamental to the uh, scientific review process. The other thing that I really wish people would employ or like it when people do employ is the section in the review for the comments to the editor section. I think that that's a place where a reviewer can provide slightly more detail or candid feedback to the editor that they may not want to uh, provide directly to the authors. I think that's a good point. So on the other side of that, 
Are there ways of organizing reviews and presenting comments that are confusing for you or the authors, aside from the fact that maybe you just don't like blue, orange, and purple <laughs> together? You know, generally the reviewers that I've worked with always provide well-organized reviews. Occasionally I'll get a review that's like a sh just one short paragraph uh, that doesn't have a lot of structure to it. You know, if I'm being honest, I feel like that type of review, review doesn't really take the peer review process very seriously. I'd like to think that referees keep in mind both me as an associate editor and the authors as kind of their audience for that review. Providing a, a thoughtful review helps to improve the kind of the quality of the scientific literature in general. Of course, having said that, I know that review timelines can be short. Um, you know, we ask for typically three-week review timelines and that referees are providing the service as kind of an unpaid service to the community. But uh, I'd rather that a reviewer ask me for an extra couple of days to write a quality review than just meet the deadline and turn into something that really doesn't live up to their standards. I don't know, but what do you think about asking for extra time as a managing editor? Actually, we don't mind that at all for the same reasons. And, and you're not the first person to say this during this podcast series either. All of the other associate editors I've talked to have said, I'd rather you take an extra two or three days and give me a quality review than turn it in on time. But like you said, it's a paragraph that's just not helpful. I really liked what you said about thinking of the audience for your review. Just thinking about like you're you're writing this not only for the author but also for the associate editor, and that it really is important to take that seriously. So yes, if you need more time for your review, just email the journal staff and we'll help you out. It's also a lot easier to give you some extra time than it is to find a different reviewer. <laughs> yeah, that'll have an extra two or three weeks. We absolutely encourage that. If you need a couple of days, let us know. If you had to pick one thing that you would like to see in reviews universally, what would it be? Probably that assessment of where the work that's been done fits into the broader context of the scientific literature. I think it's not always something that reviewers provide, but is something that as an AE, I'm looking, I'm selecting reviewers because of experience in the field or because maybe they've published something similar. As an AE, what I'd really like to get back from them is, is there some literature that's been published that's related to this work that the authors aren't citing and that would be important to cite? Just sort of thinking about the context. So if I could get one thing universally in reviewers back, that's what I'd like to get. I think most AEs and editors are looking for how this work in particular fits into the broader spectrum of what's published in the journal. Jonathan, I really appreciate you coming on here today. It's been lovely chatting with you. And I know that our listeners are walking away with some great inside knowledge on writing reviews. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap? Uh, just a big thank you to all the people who review for CPT, PSP, and, and other journals. It's a lot of work, but it, it keeps the scientific process moving in, in a way that I think is really positive. And so um, it just thanks a lot for, for the work that, uh, that reviewers do. On behalf of the journal staff, I will absolutely echo that. Well, Jonathan, thanks again. Thank you all for listening to Clin Farm Pod. Be sure to check out our past episodes while you're here. And remember to visit ASCPT.org for updated podcast releases, our latest webinars, and the most recent issue of all three journals.